0: is truth. Truth is reality. It can be confirmed by evidence. It is verifiable. And we seek to find it. Welcome to You For Not Radio. Ufanoff Radio is a show that takes you on a truth journey outside the
1: matrix to examine the worlds of ufology, the paranormal, and new science. Open your mind as we search for the truth that most are afraid to discuss. This is Ufanoff Radio with Jesse
2: Randolph and Christopher J. Brown. Only on PSN Radio.
1: That's right, Monday night, 9-12-2016, Radio, Jesse Randolph, your humble host, along with the Honorable Chris J. Brown, and of course, as always, the Angel of Ufology, Mr. Angel Espino. Welcome everybody to the show tonight, Uh, another super power-packed PSN radio evening for you. Uh, I have to say hello to my co-host here, who I'm excited to talk to once again. Gentlemen, how are you?
0: Hello, how are you? Good.
1: And how are the yeah, two of about... you doing tonight? Huh? Doing good. All you right. know, when people, uh, tune into a radio program, I think they're expecting a few things. One is for the people who are putting the show on to know what they're doing and to be present, right? And, sure. uh... But I think they're also wondering, well, what happens in the background sometimes? And while we were waiting for the show to start, we're all on hold and we're talking and we were having a lot of fun and and I had wished that would would be on the air. We were we were talking about some fun stuff, but um, maybe maybe one day we'll have to trick each other. I don't know. But, well, I was blowing yeah, my nose there as you doing yeah. the intro, so I was like, you know, <laughs> I was amidst <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. not blowing out. I was just I have, nodding out like Snotty. Was, well either way i was i did not know that the show previously future theater tonight was a repeat and i was really interested in this ingo swan of course because uh, i being one of the dummies who gave away his copy of penetration to a friend a long time ago who is not even a friend any longer he's a creep and sure enough that book is now worth about 3000 bucks weird hmm. yeah yeah, that's a that's worth huh? three thousand dollars. Really, who would pay three thousand yeah, dollars for right. any book.
0: Uh, yeah, that's, that's well. Nice.
1: It's this is an Ingo Swan book that you can't get any longer. It's kind of a uh special book, hmm. a very special book. In fact, the guest who oh. was on, I forgot his name, he probably would love a copy if he doesn't well, have we, one already. That's within, what I'm
0: seeing. I have Hugh Hefner's diary. I mean, with well, a
2: name like Penetration, <laughs> you better have a happy ending for three thousand dollars. Jesus,
1: <laughs> Jesus. No, I, it wasn't a very long book either. And it was sort of that uh, larger size book, you know. Hey, well, paper. you know they got pills for that. Indeed, uh, we have a power pack show tonight. Why don't we talk about who we brought on? Because you know, I you know we go back to the sayers and doers, as we all know. There's people who talk about the subject of ufology, and then there are people who actually go out and do something. Do something. And the gentleman on tonight, I was intrigued because, uh, in fact, Chris set this all up. And I was intrigued because he is absolutely someone who falls in the doer column. Am I right, Chris?
0: A hundred percent for sure. Why don't you tell us, somebody...
1: tell us about the guests and who we're up for this weekend? Who's on deck here in the bullpen?
0: Yes, it's Charles, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Lamorex. And when we get on, we'll, we'll have him, uh, say how it sounds and hope it sounds just like that. But anyway, um, he <laughs> had yeah.
1: it sounds like a, Lamarac's sounds kind of like it's, he's from another planet. Like he's for a, a, a copy machine. machine. It
0: does. It's, I think it's a cool, it sounds cool, actually. So anyway, but no, he had had, um, to get into a little bit of his story, um, he's involved with, uh, a French, uh, documentary. They had just filmed a documentary on his uh, encounters Weak. that he had videotaped on. Um, I was happening oh, here, but uh, uh, I guess uh, he had had uh, probably back two, three years ago, and he has videotape of uh, of the what he got on uh, film. And okay. so, um, well, what, what,
2: what did he videotape? Because all I, was, all I heard was the thing, and
0: yeah. Uh, it was an orb, videotaped of an orb. Oh, there
1: we um, go. Tape. Yep. Mm-hmm. So... So, he's, uh,
2: he's an orb experience. Whoa, Jesse, something's okay. happened with the audio there, buddy.
0: Yeah, that's what I was kind of, yeah, the audio was kind of going ping-ping here. So, yeah, that was... What's, uh, what's wrong with your
2: audio there, bro? Hold on, let's fix that real quick. Uh, Jesse? Okay. Yes, I'm here. You sound like you're in the bathroom.
1: Huh. Hang on.
2: Yeah, something's wrong with the audio. You gotta, like, either unplug or plug back in, or... This is live radio, people. These things these things happen. Yeah, th- things happen. There, there we go. Now you're back to normal. Yeah. Flush the toilet better? and you're
1: done. Flush the toilet. Much better. Oh, okay. I'll take it. Okay, you were saying.
0: Anyway, as I was saying, so <laughs> Charles is a uh, orb experimenter. Himself and he has got it on videotape and they has been approached by a documentary, a French uh documentary and they've done uh this uh documentary that has already been um, filmed and uh, was premiered wee. last night in nice. in um in Canada on a uh French channel. So he'll get into that when he gets here and talk about that and and um, share about all what's involved, but uh, it's very interesting. And when you say about those sayers or doers, he is doing right now, literally, because he's out there and, and um, on TV talking about and showing all what's going on. So um, yeah. we'll see what happens more with uh, Charles' story.
1: It, sound, it sounds fascinating because, you know, I think a lot of people out there in this day and age forget that there are still plenty of people that not, are, are not only going out and doing their own uh, sky watching and catching these things all the time, whether or not they're man-made or coming out of places like Groom Lake or whether or not they're coming from other planetary systems, that's not the point. The point is is that they're also utilizing technology. So you can only mm-hmm. think about how much technology is at their disposal at this point. Uh, what really comes into play is budget. For a lot of these guys, because they're doing it out of their own pockets,
0: exactly.
1: Right. So um, I remember when I was at a conference not that long ago. Well, actually, probably was, but uh, they were mess just starting to mess around with infrared. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, with binoculars and such and uh, telescopes, and uh, they were really expensive. You know.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: They, they so still are very the- expensive. The technology has just gotten better now. Yeah. What?
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And, uh, and didn't you say, uh, Angel, that you were going to start doing some more sky-watching,
2: uh, physical sky-watching? Yep, that's
1: sky watching?
2: that's uh, my New Year's resolution, do more sky-watching for next year. Is it? Yeah, that's serious. I'm going to uh, go out and get myself some equipment, and uh, I'm going to uh, start doing a little sky-watching. Wow. I'm saving mm-hmm. the money now, because it, it's expensive.
0: It's a lot of yeah. money. Yeah, like, have to get uh, the right
2: cameras, take, you
0: know? $3,000 for his big thing, and he has yep. an amazing camera that he just got set up, and so uh, we will um, be doing a lot of sky watching on his camera, but yeah, that's, that's a spinning habit.
1: Yep, well, that's the point, you know, like, uh, what's his name, who, Harry Drew, who was on a couple of weeks ago, where he, you know, is, has gone out and raised all this money, basically, so he could get the most kick-ass pictures you can get. You know, exactly. it's pretty cool. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. so you can only think about some of my hobbies and uh, recently, and we are. In fact, we were talking about this when we were off the air, but, you know, I, I've been uh, growing some marijuana for the first time, and wow, has it been fun? But I can see- He's not in Florida, people. He, it's legal where he's at. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm in Oregon, and it's legal, and it's its so much fun. It's mm-hmm. uh, Because I never really gave a fuck about a plant before, um, and now I do. So mm-hmm. Now I'm it's like, like your baby. This, now you're babying it, you're nurturing it. Oh dude, I'm so baby in this thing. Like I got like a I got like a birds netting around it and like if I see a bug, I'm like, "Get the fuck off my plant." You know, I get angry, yeah. you know. Yeah. So You say sweet things that's, to it cuz I would. I don't say anything to it. I don't talk to it, but I you I should. trim it. I give it a trim. I pull the leaves off as instructed by my guru.
0: Yeah, we got to do I that.
1: I have a guru. Do you know this, Angel? I did not know that. You have a guru. Pod growing guru. guru, And I call this gentleman on the phone via Skype on my iPad through the power of technology.
0: Right, right, right. right.
1: Sound effect. (laughs) Thank you. There you go. And then. (laughs)
2: Alright.
1: And then. I show him, I invert the camera, and I show him the plant, and then I switch it back to me and say, okay, what do I do now? Wow. And I do it.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: it, because I do it, and I don't think, because if I think, I probably would screw screwed up by now because I killed my neighbor's plants while they were away pretty rapidly. Um, I do exactly what he says, and sure enough, this thing is just starting to uh, flower, I guess, is the stage.
0: Huh. Yes, wow.
1: it's flowering everywhere. So finally, this really kind of uh, branchy thing uh, is coming to life, which I didn't believe was going to really happen, and it did. And here it is. So it's And it smells, and it smells very strong like uh, marijuana, you know, if you've ever oh, smelled wow. it. Of course, yeah. I can't
2: smoke. <clears throat> I haven't been able to do that for the last two months, and these guys keep rubbing it in.
1: They get well, to smoke legally. You know, it just seems like this is the marijuana-friendly <laughs> network PSN radio, you know? It just seems like, you know... It used to be some... when I was able to smoke, but now that I can't... No, now it's <laughs> well, just torture for me. Torture! I use, it, I use it strictly for medical purposes only. Oh, me too, because I'm lazy. That's, you know... Yeah, but you know what, gentlemen... How about my laziness? Uh, yes, uh, I digress, because... That's the neither here nor there. Saying that is is the, yes. <laughs> the technology. When I started talking to my guru about doing this on a different level, because I was enjoying it so much as a hobby, uh, it became quite clear, very very fast, that this was going to be a very expensive hobby. So I can only imagine bringing this back to our guests tonight. I can't believe I was able to do this, mm-hmm. but. I can only imagine the amount of money is coming out of his pocket. So I'm curious about what his day job is. I'm curious about um, if he uh, does this a lot by himself and just, you know, how he became a sky Do you guys remember that guy I was uh, interviewing years back? Um, and I wonder if he's still around. He was over in uh, Michigan or something. He was also some guitar hero, which was really mm-hmm. weird. Dude, I smoked a lot of pot from then to now. I have no idea. Yeah, I know. But, you know, this is a good segue, too, because, you know, another aspect of the show we've been wanting to do, guys, and we never get to do this because we always run out of flipping time,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. is uh, we never get to talk about what we thought of the guests that we've interviewed. And I wanted to bring that up and have some sort of downtime where we could say, hey, what did you think of our guests last week? You know, and be able to powwow and get everybody's consensus of, uh, uh, not so much yay or nay, but for the most part. Well, sometimes yay or nay, like with, uh, what's his name? John, uh. <laughs> By the John. way, uh, he, he's changing his name. He's no longer
2: John Sillman. Now oh he's boy. Richard. Hey.
1: Hey. Oh. oh, okay. okay I thought go. you were going to say something else. No, no, no. He, he's Richard Silman now. So his name was John, and he changed it to Richard? Why didn't he go I a little bit bizarre? I thought it was going to be
0: my like Kermit, you know? But... Kermit. should have. Kermit the Frog here.
1: That
2: should have been his name, but no. Hello.
0: <laughs> Sorry. You he thought it sounded like my Kermit. I have a girlfriend, and uh, she's my girlfriend, and I met her on a boat. That's
1: uncanny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's my Kermit. <laughs> anyway. Uh, That's the retarded Kermit the our, Frog, guys. Our guest last week, <laughs> Let's talk about our guest last week for a minute. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to start. Why do I always have to start? Because you're the host, dude. Oh, yeah, well, Chris is too. Chris, <laughs> okay. you got well, the.
0: Well, I'll guest start. I don't friend. care. I Go got ahead. the guest. Uh, I really liked Harry. I thought Harry was a great guest, and I think he has a very interesting story. And um, it sounds like there's, it sounds like there's a lot there to be looked over from from what Harry says. And uh, they need to get more investigating on it, and um, maybe I would like to. I like to hear more. Um, I enjoyed it. And you will.
2: And and you will on Skywatchers
0: Radio. That's right. And coming on
2: Skywatchers. Of course. Yes. yes. When is he coming on? Uh, A few weeks from now, he'll be on. Tell you the exact date in a few minutes
0: here.
1: This is my take on Harry. The 18th
0: of October. There you go.
1: There you go. Okay. All right. Good job, Chris. Are you finished?
0: Are you done? No, I'm not I like right. Gary. Okay. Gary's
1: cool. I like him. Go
0: ahead, brother. He is. Anyways, he's very nice. Anyway, uh, and then um, you know, I like that that he's able to carry a conversation and go, and um, we don't have to to pull things out of him, and and he can just continue to to uh, to to rock it. So that's what I enjoyed.
2: Moment of silence. Yeah, baby.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he rocked it. I was waiting. I was waiting for rock the, the house, sisters. baby. <laughs> no, ja, uh, Angel, what do you think? I liked Harry?
2: him a lot. I think he's a, a good guest. I, um, I mean, his story is intriguing. That's for sure. And I can't wait to like dig in a little bit more on Skywatchers. So, I thought he was a good guest. I really did.
1: All right, all right, fair enough. I I I didn't get it myself. I I really had trouble with that guest. Um, I I thought that. uh You know, there was so much information there, and I just felt like I couldn't have a conversation with Harry. I felt like I could go to a Harry lecture. I felt like I could read a Harry book, but I I didn't feel like I could conduct an interview that night with Harry. So um, uh, maybe that was my fault, but... Uh, I just yeah. wasn't able to extract the information I wanted out of this guy he had he's a, a
0: very nice guy, and you know what the thing of it is super
1: nice super nice and
0: he gets when he gets on his subject and he gets going he does he's got his spew, he goes through his a B's and C's his whole deal and but you know outside of that he he, he was such a nice guy, and he was so happy to come on. He wrote back a very nice uh uh, um, Message back to me about about coming on and thanked us and um, said how professional we were. So anyway, um, yeah, I I understand. He's a, he's a great guy.
2: I like you know like I said, so he's, I think he's uh yeah, and I, I understand where you're coming from, Just I think it might have been I'm one just, of those I'm things. I'm trying to be
1: as tactful as possible here. You know, like I'm trying to say, yeah. Uh, in the in the old days, I didn't give points for being nice. To be honest with you, I just right. I wanted the fucking goods, right? Yeah and 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 if i know somebody has it and it's more of a communication issue that pisses me off because uh i i you know that's that's sometimes my fault because talking to a guest beforehand if i want things a certain way i should just do that and i didn't do it uh my bad but um i just i i want to be able to communicate with people and that involves people being able to listen and react to what people want to extract. That's the whole point, you know what I mean? And and Sometimes when you're conducting an interview it can just go all over the place and you don't even know where you are, you know what I mean? Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's what I felt. It's kind of like that John interview uh, where... No, uh, no, no. You can't compare this, you know, Harry to John. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm comparing the fact that I, I had to take that extra step and try to pull him back in and... You know, sometimes there was no changed.
2: pulling him back in, though.
1: I think the fact that <laughs> Harry was. is such a nice guy, it becomes a little difficult sometimes. Because part of you is just like, you know, I don't want to piss him off. I don't want him to get upset. And uh, I think really,
0: really, and
1: yeah, well, you know, look. In all
2: fairness, John is a, or Richard, as he
1: goes by the name now.
2: Uh, he he's he's a nice guy. I mean, I have no like beef with he him. Was he was a guys, nice he's guy. A, he's a very nice guy. I still talk he's to him nice on Facebook guy. once in a while. Um, You know, Kermit. I mean, Richard is a very cool dude, but <laughs> his but his story sounds like it just came out of Sesame Street. It really did, or the Muppet Show, or one of these you know kid shows. Like he he was really all over the place. And that's it. Uh, that. Yeah. But and Harry wasn't. Did. I thought Harry was very fluent in what he was talking about. I just, yeah. I think it was a, uh, uh, probably like either a miscommunication. Maybe he didn't hear you a couple times. Because I'll be honest with you, sometimes your audio goes in and out dude, and sometimes it's hard to hear you. Like, like what happened a few minutes that, ago. That, and I yeah.
0: think that yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to say a yay or nay, but I think maybe Harry might, you know, I have issues too on hearing too. Maybe he might not be able to hear real well because, well, you know, he's you know, dad. I think so you're anyway, right.
1: I think you're right chris yeah y yeah. so, well, I, I but, but i don't
0: on. think he would be he he's such a nice guy i think he'd be disagreeing and be oh how dare you say that about me because i mean it's just part of his thing but you know he is like he has to believe he is in his in his seventies uh, and 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 i maybe even older. i don't know he
1: was he but, was very ornery about uh um and 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 very uh passionate about uh uh, a little aggressive uh, about his angst towards other researchers uh, involving the Kingman uh, story, which was interesting. So apparently hmm. there's there's obviously been some history there. You know, what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Well, I didn't know there was anything about this whole entire thing until him. So I didn't know how many people were involved in the Kingman's investigation and and uh he 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 yeah. said that he was the sole guy there that that was the the only guy that's checked the the, the place out he said he said he had showed up to stuff still there from however young years back that haven't never been touched according to him so um not a, I was curious to ask him what it was you know the exact exact things that he found he um but um I Hey, don't what know.
1: about this uh what what do you guys ever watch the david Wilcox stuff uh the gaia tv that he has he's got oh guy no. no have you ever checked it out uh, I, uh it? I refuse
2: to watch anything with david wilcox i just said uh, no. Uh, well, no.
1: Well, well hold on what do you got against david wilcox
2: well besides his fi- uh, his five head you know his uh, forehead has five head uh besides <laughs> that i just think the guy's ridiculous i mean the guy he claims why do to be, you think uh, he's ridiculous? well he claims he's the reincarnation of that psychic what's his face uh Basically. he has no Yeah, Casey, whatever, Edgar Casey. Mm -hmm. He has no proof of this thing. He looks nothing like the guy, but he claims he does. Uh, he, he says things that make no sense. Uh, a lot of times he just embellishes other people's stories. And I caught him doing something which I thought was extremely, like, flamboyantly stupid. He did some lecture where he's talking, you know, people go there to hear him talk about his psychic stuff or his, you know. Isn't he on Ancient
1: Aliens?
2: Yeah, yeah, he's been on there before.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and he, he did
2: some lecture or something, and then well, he busts like out, like, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm also a musician, and I'm going to play some music for everybody, and then he went like on, like, a 20-minute thing, just playing really awful music, <laughs> and subjecting <laughs> the crowd to, like, some of the worst crap I've ever heard in my life, and pe you, like- you can feel, dude, you can feel people, like, in the audience are like, what the fuck is going on right <laughs> now, like, yeah. like, I was looking I at this like thing, the- uh,
1: Dude, <laughs> the David Carradine fan or something, you know, it's like the
2: David oh. Carradine And here's the thing, he he's like sitting there and he's like jiving to his own music, and that's when I know you're a complete douchebag. When you're like dancing to your own like music in front of people that are like clearly not into it, like when yeah. the thing was over, if you're if right. people like are into it and, and the music Trying ends, to they're gonna clap, stand right? Up. Yeah. Nobody yes. clapped. Everybody was like it was like one guy in the back Yay, that was okay. That was like the only <laughs> guy clapping.
1: Dude, you can't rock out to your own stuff like that. It's like saying no, no, thank you no.
2: before people clap. Not in not in a room full of people that are there to see. you Talk about ufology based stuff or like psychic stuff or you know paranormal yeah. stuff. Like, don't put some douchebag want to be rock music. You're not a you're not a musician. You, you're well, a douchebag. David Wilcox. He,
1: wow, wow. Not a wow. fan. Sorry, not a fan. Okay. It was five head. Okay. Well, I started watching some. You know, you fall into this zone after uh, midnight sometimes, and you've had you know a couple of bingers, and you're checking out YouTube, and you start falling into oh, what's Passaggio talking about, or what's uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, thanks, better And uh, thank God there's no rules on this show, um, and then or on, on this know, network. <laughs> But then you fall into something like a David Icke lecture. Next thing you know, it's like 3 in the morning. You know what I'm talking about, right?
2: Yeah. So. In, in other words, you watch a lot of douchebags oh. on YouTube who keep you up all night.
1: Yeah, sometimes I do. <laughs> sometimes I like to check out or I'll, I'll watch like, you know, a, a, a Project Camelot video or something. Uh, something like that or a Steve Greer video or Do you like watch that. anything credible at all on YouTube? Like anything? Look. I, I, look <laughs> I will be the first one to admit that I enjoy hearing people's tales. I always enjoy the tale and I always will. I mean that's one of the things that you loved about Art Bell too, you know? I mean that there were some great stories. And it was fun to hear uh to tell people that you're gonna have a time traveler on your program and yes. see the only, reaction. The, the course, big difference uh,
2: is the big difference is though Jesse's twenty years ago I was a lot more gullible.
1: Yeah, but those people are still out there now. You know, it's a different generation, but you know that. I mean, people do want to hear these tales, and then once in a while, one of these tales are are, are actually true, right? Um, but they, either way, that, that's not the point. <laughs> the point is, is I fell into this this stupor of YouTube land the other night, and I flipped on some David Wilcock, and he, with this guy's stuff, and it's like a pay. Subscription thing, so I couldn't see too much. I, I think they mix it up with yoga, which I know you really like, Angel. Oh yeah, I'm all about yoga. Yeah, you like. I'm yoga, a right yoga here. master right here. Yeah. And so I couldn't really watch too much of it, but then I went back to Bashar because it was some connection there. He was popping up on the side, and you guys all know how much I love Bashar. So uh I've been seeing I still- that Gaia stuff I promoted a lot on Facebook. A they're lot. putting money into it. They're put. Yeah. They're definitely putting money into it. And uh, I don't get it. But see, here's the deal: ufology has always been a part of the new age uh, circuit, right? And when I say circuit, I mean um, the whole Circus. life, Expo, oh. like the whole yeah, the whole Life Expo. I think it's called. It used to be called uh, in LA, which is, is like a once a year event, and it's really big. And that's where you get all the people who, you know, have booths where they'll take your picture and show you your aura and shit like that and all kinds of supplements and, and meditation stuff and crystals and all that kind of gobbledygook stuff. Um, but you follow, you get tucked into it. And so there, there'd be a subset of people that were hanging around there, like uh, UFO TV sometimes would have a booth there. So I would hang, you know, I'd sort of come along and check out the scene. Right. So and so Wilcock is in that scene. Even though he dabbles in this stuff, that's his scene, that new age and that new agey environment, that whole culture, there's a lot more money there. You get a lot yep. more rich people into yep. new yep. agey yep. shit. Yep. Right? right? Yep, oh, you're right. That are not you you. So that's the distinction. So he's gonna have more money at his disposal by Hob Nominate with that community. Does that make sense? makes total sense absolutely not only that but nori is smart enough to know that he has to hop knob with that community as well because those are the cats that still have some money from their pensions and whatnot and or they're rich and they're into the new age stuff and they like it to be very positive usually so uh it's funny that wilcock you know he'll come out every once in a while and say we're you know something's going to happen this and that but uh not as much doom and gloom, I don't think. You know, they they try to keep it pretty positive. And ufology usually has a pretty negative undertone. You know, like... But nothing ever like, happens. Or does it, you know, I mean... What? Or a fa- fall into like a John Lear lecture or something. You ever yeah. fall into one of those?
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. oh.
1: we were out on uh, Mailbox Road... Me John Lear was great. Bob, me and Bob Lazar, and that's where we first saw the disc on a Wednesday night. That was, that was my John Lear.
0: Hmm. That
1: was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Thanks, pal. Hmm. Thanks for being. Thanks for being my Ed McMahon. You are correct, sir. Yes. Uh, hey, look, I could sit and talk <laughs> about my pot some more. You know. Uh, damn, <laughs> use. damn use
2: Damn you to hell!
1: Well, yeah, all right. So that's Harry Reid. You know, I think we all uh, we're all on the same page. I, I now I loved the guest before that, by the way, and we didn't get to talk about him. What was his name again? He had a cool name too, Mister. Uh, um, help Charles, me
0: out here, guys. Charles Charles Lamarrax.
1: No, don't, that's tonight's. <laughs> best that's team. what we got to get
0: to here soon. We're at the bottom. Hey, hold of the on the a hour. second. We're In gonna time
1: get time. to him. We're gonna get. I want to talk to him for sure, but. I, I'm gonna bet if you want to take this bet, five dollars that his last name is not Lemorex. Right,
0: I can guarantee it's not either, but that's just what I'm saying. It's so. Oh, okay. Him, <laughs> <I'm trying> to, <laughs>
1: yeah. I was trying to make a little bet, I'll make oh, some money.
2: Okay. I'm not betting money that y'all gonna <laughs> lose. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> hey, Chris, do you happen to know who yeah. my pot guru is? I mean, like, uh, do you happen to know who this person is, Angel? Do you know who this person is? Uh, Mister E. No, Mister.
0: <laughs> no, he sounds like he's on it. That's for sure. He's on This guy is. This dying. guy is
1: great. He is so freaking good. I'm. I'm serious. He's like a Yoda. He's like. Yeah. Oh, you're. Uh, Angel's gonna like this. Ready?
0: <laughs> you must use the force.
2: be I like can grow your potty wheel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're such a star well, he sounds like a true Yoda, so uh nice keep, keep 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 learning there young skywalker
1: learn the ways of the force mm-hmm. and the marijuana, yeah, mm-hmm. you know the chat room is very dry tonight. I've noticed yeah, you know, yeah they, I think
2: they're missing bill and nancy
1: they're 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 on a hiatus for the next couple of
2: months, and uh is that people that what are, it is? Yeah, no, people are maybe, a little no. bit down and depressed on it. There's a few people in there chatting, but uh, <laughs> people are a little depressed because Bill and Nancy are going to. Uh, they're writing a couple of books. Bill is writing one, and Nancy's writing one. It's a follow-up book for her, and it's like the thirtieth for him.
1: So. But uh, are they taking time off because like this is too hard to do every Monday? Well, what? it's busy. You know, it's they're busy with their books. Plus, uh, Bill's got another
2: project that I, that I can't really talk about because you know, video. What. Yeah, it's a, it's a good project. You'll, you'll find out soon enough. And and oh, yeah. Nancy's writing yeah. her follow-up book, and you know they, they do all the booking of their guests and this and that and research a lot of stuff. So they, do, they want to take a couple months to really concentrate on that part of what they're doing. And then when Nancy's done with her book and he's done with his book, they're going to come back in a couple months. So, Which is well, cool. Like, remember, everybody needs a, a little time off, you know?
1: I could No, I, I need some time off from them. That's cool. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I... I, I, I. <laughs> Talk about. That's not anymore. what I meant. That's not what I meant, Nancy. I know she's listening. <laughs> that is not what I meant. I come on. Uh, you know what? I really enjoyed uh, Heather Wade the other night. I told you about that, and I was yeah, so into yeah. it that I thought maybe she's somehow transformed. So I tuned in the next night, but I was I was wrong. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Back to her old Wade self. Huh? <laughs> it was terrible. It was the worst. It was like. A half hour of her reading these really boring headlines. And I was just like, what? Really? Oh God, no. It, you know, and I'm sure there's some people who are listening tonight thinking, yeah, why, why am I listening to Randolph uh, Spew for a half hour when we could be talking to Charles Lemirex? But, Lemireux, I'm telling you right now, Lemireux. We're, we're getting to that kids. We are. Hey, I wanted to ask you, uh, and the audience this question tonight. If anyone feels like calling in, uh, even Rich. Rich could call in if he's listening. He's more than welcome. We haven't talked well, about Well, which Rich one,
2: yet. Richard Giordano or Richard Rich. Selman? Because we got two now. We got two Riches.
1: Well, no. And the Richard Selman <laughs> is not somebody that I have a, a relationship with outside of that one show. You're friends with the guy. I don't know the guy. I mean, he might call in and be like, Hey, eh, good, something to to your um, here. <laughs>
2: I want to speak
1: I don't recall him sounding like that. But. Lies, all oh, lies.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, anyway, yeah. Uh, the question I wanted to be because we we're just making fun of me uh, falling into this YouTube stupor uh, world of uh, as you would call bullshit, and I would call storytellers. You know, you know who I love, Project Avalon. Remember Bill from. Project Avalon, is he still around? Oh, yeah. Is he? I don't uh, know. not know. true. Well, I don't know if he is either. So this English guy with this uh, Indiana Jones-esque kind of hat on. And uh, do, you do. I guess he broke up with Gary Cassidy in Project Camelot, so he started Project Avalon, right? That was legit. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he's got some good stuff on there. In fact, he's got this guy, and that's why I got turned on to Wilcock because he had on a guy talking about the moon and i love when they have these guys on is a new guy who who knows everything that's going on on the moon you know we've got dormitories and we've got ping pong and we've got restaurants and whatever you know shopping malls and all that jazz right and putt putt um and this guy is a new one if you remember we had uh A bunch of guys come out in the past, like, ten years that claim that the far side of the moon is totally inhabited. Right, right, uh, right. Yeah, so this is a new guy, and Wilcock is sort of the premier guy interviewing him. So that's why I was even interested in checking out some of that stuff. But, you know, I wasn't able to get a hold of it. So if anybody knows how to get that, please uh, post it in the... uh, Overly populated chat room. That'd be great. There you go. Yeah. So why don't we take our break and then uh, get to Mr. Lemarex, if we could. How's that sound? Lemarex. I think it's Lemarex or Lemarex. We'll find out in a minute here. We'll find out. One well, of some them are
0: silent There's One of those letters are going to be silent for sure. Yes, I think it's
1: a I silent text. X. Yep, it's yeah. be si-
0: I think you're right. Kirk, yeah, I, think I think so.
1: think you're going to owe me $5. No, Lemarex. Lemro. All right. Well, let's do Should we do that, guys? Should we take our break and then bring Charles? Let's go ahead and do that. We're going to get granular. We're going to deep dive into the world of what it's like to be a sky watcher, someone who goes out at night. No, you're not looking at people. That's boring. You're looking up. You're looking for things. That just do not make sense. And I want to find out from him how many times he has effed up and said, oops, that's a plane. Because a lot of times when I skywatch, I think a lot of stuff looks weird. And it's pretty much terrestrial stuff. And people will point it out to me. So when we come back, we're going to deep dive into the world of skywatching with our guest, Charles Lemoureux.
2: And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or...
0: No. Holy <laughs> That was the yeah. ten seconds of uh, no. If, if, what are you? That tra- was
1: so convincing. Yeah, what, that are what are you trying, trying to, to say about.
0: there? Well, UFO is an inoffensive term. That's the worst uh, f- denial I've ever heard. And identifies flying. flying something.
2: Mac Maloney's Military X Files Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the Public Streaming Radio Network.
0: You still you still
1: And more. Supermanhomepage.com.
0: Here's a riddle for you: What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th-century flying machines, and an early 20th-century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www. SecretsofDelshaw.com to learn more.
1: Sunday night, UFANOT Radio, Jesse Randolph, your host here with the Honorable Chris J. Brown at my side, and as always, the Angel of Ufology, Angel Espino. And guess what, kids? We've got our guest tonight, Charles. Wait for it. Chris?
2: Yes? Make poor Chris say it. You know he has a hard time with this. I don't
0: want to.
1: <laughs> Still <laughs> on, <dude. laughs> I'm telling you, you know, so... Uh, we got our guests on the line here. His name is Charles Lemaireau, Le which is French, of course. And we were going to make a And you, and you know what it stands this. for? It stands for...
2: The lover, The lover.
1: Yes. Why? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, you're not allowed to talk yet. We didn't introduce you. And... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but,
1: we, we just had this whole banter that you missed because you're not part of the damn show, you're a listener. But if you were, you would have heard the banter, and it was way funny, and we had a good time, and we're having a great time. And I want to welcome you to the program, Charles Lemieux.
3: Well, thank you very much, and that's a really nice pronunciation. of have my name, Lemieux, English, and in French is Lamoureux. So you guys are right, except for, was it, Chris Lamarex? yes yeah
0: wrong.
3: what am i a memory <laughs> I that's what i'm saying see like a copy <laughs> machine with the l on it well you <laughs> remember my name now somebody's yeah. name is tommy
1: memorex or something out there and he's worth a billion fucking dollars you know so <laughs> welcome to the show man you know we, we've been talking about you for a half hour so it's nice to finally have you here and uh why don't you tell everybody first off uh where you're calling in from tonight
3: well, I'm calling in from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and just next to my home, there's a uh, marijuana dispensary where I was just there. So it's okay that was uh, you guys are five minutes late because I just came back. <laughs> wow! No, but no, seriously, yeah, I'm just lying. But we do have a dispensary everywhere now in Vancouver.
1: Oh, you do? You? Yeah. Oh, wow!
3: Yeah, it's crazy. It's. Um, I got the king right
0: behind me. Yeah. Yeah, the, can. <laughs> yeah, the can of king. The
1: what? The can of king.
0: The can of king. Yep. Wait What's a minute. Here?
1: Okay. So here's my question, you guys. How come these pot... Now, I live over here by Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, which about 50 feet, which goes on and on and on here in Portland. But there must be at least 10 shops. But maybe it's a law. Chris, you might know this. But is it a law that they have to close at a certain time?
3: You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't think so.
1: Because they all uh, close I... at about
0: Yeah, 10 well, I... has the latest.
3: Well, for you guys in the U.S., yeah, yeah, probably up here. I've seen them open till you know eleven midnight. Um, that's our dispensaries, the marijuana dispensaries, and there's like one in every block now. There's there's just so many. Uh, it's all over now in British Columbia
1: uh, in our province. Well, but I'm it's um, it's great, Charles. Uh, yeah, I'm having so much fun growing my little plant. And maybe I'll get, like, a dime bag out of the damn thing. I don't know. There's still a lot of <laughs> oh. a dime bag, giving away my age, right? A fucking dime bag. Wow, Jesus dude, really? Jesus Christ. But I think we're all in the same age group. Okay, fantastic. So yeah. let's get into it a little bit. So you are, uh, uh, first of all, you got a film that was just released. Is that what I'm getting right here?
3: Yes, um, it actually, is playing again tonight uh, on a French station called uh, TV5 in Canada. It's a Francophone French channel, uh, or uni.ca, uh, uni is the uh, station. Uh, so it's a French network, and what we did is um, um, we filmed it um, in English, and, of course, we did it because um, most of our, uh, our people that we interviewed were English speakers, so, of course, I had to narrate it in French, and we did all that dubbing and everything, and it was really a lot of fun. Um, so it's on again tonight, and in 30 minutes in the West. Um, but we're also going to be launching the English version of our um, of our documentary. So we're just basically now just looking around for um, distributing to the English language networks around the world. So we'll be starting to do that very shortly.
1: Okay. So we're really happy about it. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I interrupted.
3: No, no. no so no, we're really happy about it. I mean, it really turned out really well um you know it's very unique in the industry as you, you've seen a lot of documentaries on tv you got your hangar ones you got your H and aliens you got everything you can think of on ufos that are making bold statements and exaggerating about the phenomena you know it's grays it's this it's that and you know our documentary is very very unbiased it's really talking about lights in the sky and trying to find the evidence and looking for the truth and we're not making any statements like Oh yeah, well, that's got to be some aliens, uh, you know, long ground, that, that light around the block here, you know, or that triangle. You know, we don't do anything of that. So we're getting a lot of, a lot of great feedback and comments from people right now in the East, in uh, Quebec. Of course, that's where uh, the majority of the Francophones live in Canada. And, uh, of course it's, you know, Francophones throughout the country and we're, we're just constantly getting lots of feedback and that's what we're getting. And that was our goal for our, for our documentary. So really happy about it.
1: The goal is feedback.
3: The goal, it was positive feedback regarding um, uh, being unbiased and not making any bold statements that, you know, the phenomena is aliens or the phenomena is spiritual they, or it's, a, it's you know, uh, a dimensional parallel universe or any of those sort of things that you see on the Internet, on YouTube, on TV. I mean, you've heard it. You've seen a lot of the um, UFO conferences and a lot of guest speakers making... You know, they're really big, bold statements that the phenomena is this, you know, and and I disagree because we don't have that evidence. So this was really the goal of our, our documentary. And people really got to get quick. really learned a lot about it because that's that's what it was about. It was about this is the phenomena. This is what I'm filming. This is what it looks like. This is how you can um, find them for yourself. Uh, this is where we, I've spotted them. This is how they come about, time of day, what kind of equipment that I use, um, how do you observe them in the infrared spectrum, the visible light, all this stuff. And, of course, we had great great interviews with, uh, you know, Jan Arzan from MUFON, uh, Erica Lukes from MUFON as well. Uh, we got uh, Chris Wachowski in there. We have uh, – oh, okay, gosh, well, we go me, I mean, we've got we all the big in, guys in there.
1: Let, yeah. let me cut in for a second. First of all, what's the name of this uh, film?
3: In French, it's, it's called des lueurs dans le ciel, um, and it basically loosely translates ah. to light in the sky.
1: Oh, okay. Light in the sky. Okay. So how do you feel about one of my favorites, hmm. uh, and how would your film compare? Of course, we haven't seen this film audience, so it's kind of strange to not see it in advance, but we, ha- we have not. Um I think one of my favorite documentary folks in ufology to this date has got to be Mr. Uh, James Fox. Uh, oh, him. that's
3: awesome. That's that. That was a very incredible. Um, well, you got to look. This is a. There's a big difference in James Fox's um, documentary. He had a, he had a nice budget. Okay, and well, the budgets make a big difference. And I believe it was more than an hour long, wasn't it?
1: Well, he had a few. So he had uh, out of the blue which was fantastic. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, Yeah. that was my favorite. Um, And then he had uh, another fantastic one, too, um, which I forgot the name of because uh, he's kind of been out of the loop. But um, I was was wondering, you know, you watch these documentaries, and uh, first of all, the reason I asked you what your goal was is because I love when people have a goal. You know, what are you trying to achieve? And if it's money, that's okay, too. But what's the goal?
3: No, um, that was not the goal at all. For sure, It was not money. Uh, <laughs> trust me, I put some money into well, it, it it's myself. Well, that's
1: interesting because you're yeah okay. Well, now we're, and we're going to get to that because I we yeah. love gadgets and and uh, gadgetry. To hear about your gadgetry is something I definitely want to get into. And that's yeah. one of the neat parts about this program is that we don't have to pander to a whole bunch of uh, silly commercials, so we can actually listen to what you have to say for. More than uh, 15 seconds before hopping onto to a buy, buy some gold commercial.
2: Oh, hold on, guys. So we gotta go, well, Hold on. We got to go to buy some silver commercials.
1: <laughs> Here comes Kermit. <laughs> right. Have you got your silver
2: on yet? Well, now buy silver by the pound. Go ahead.
1: Buy a little bleach bit. I need my bleach bit.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah I sure miss the American commercials. I used to live in the U.S., by the way.
1: Oh, where would you live? Oh, nice. I lived
3: in um LA and Miami. I used to go back and forth. i um, in the ah, industry, so that was I'm back in, in the 90s, so the best nice. time.
1: Okay, so LA, oh, no. were you were you interested in ufology uh, in back in the 90s? Were you Not at all.
3: Um I was a complete skeptic. Um and I, again, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I grew up during that when I was, a, yes. you know, was a little teenager. I love you the Star Um Yeah, I'm totally into sci-fi and all that. Uh, I I Big into astronomy. I was an astronomy enthusiast. Well, I still am all my life. Um, but basically, uh, tucked away my telescope for the last five, six years to to do this now, uh, because of my experience, and we can get into that uh, later on. I want to but, get in. Um, yeah, yeah, that yeah definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, what I was going to say to you uh, about this goal that you have, it, it sounded very similar to the uh, recommendations and the findings of Cometa. Which was really, this is a pheno- a real phenomenon. Exactly. We're not saying it's ET. We're not saying it's spiritual. It, it was very reminiscent of that, was it not? That you know what I'm talking about? No.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's yeah. that's um you
3: know that's a, that was totally our goal, and um I think we achieved it. Again, like I said, we it it was a small budget, and we weren't doing a documentary on. Uh, everybody else's, um, you know, experiences like what James Fox did. That was incredible. You know, he had some, you know, great, um, interviews with, uh, some, you know, one of the best sightings, uh, you know, in our time. Um, so basically our documentary was basically around myself, um, what I've been basically doing for the last few years and, uh, my travels throughout, um, um British Columbia, my province, as well as Hawaii. And, um, of course down in Los Angeles when I went to my first UFO conference, uh, the MUFON symposium. So then, of course, that's where I met um, Jan and um, a few other people, and we interviewed them there. So I was looking for answers, and this is what I've been doing for the last five years. And, you know, I had that experience uh, over five years ago with my telescope that got me into all this. And uh, it was quite amazing. And being an astronomy enthusiast, um, you know, I know the skies quite well. I know satellites. I know the moon. I know the planets. I know all, all that stuff. I've been doing it since I was 13 years old. And I'm 51 now, so you can imagine that I do know my skies. So when I see, you know, here I am with a, a camera behind my telescope, and I'm taking shots of the moon, and I'm seeing this triangular-type or diamond-shaped object, not gliding, but, I'm uh, sorry, not drifting like in the wind, being like a kite or something. It was gliding. It was like slipping on ice. It was so odd and surreal, and it was, I was so amazed by it, I, I didn't even take a picture of it. And to this day, I still kick myself in the ass, because... It, it would have been like an amazing photograph because I had my, uh, camera, uh, what was it, a 7D, I think, Canon behind it. And it would have been a beautiful, you know, 17 or it was it, 16 megapixel photograph of a real UFO. And unfortunately, man, I missed it. So I went into a lot of research after that, trying to figure out what I saw. I'm Total skeptic of UFOs, but you know, I just saw one. So something's got to be real. So I went why were you, totally why were nuts on the a internet. Skeptic?
1: Uh, let's slow wow. down because we're not yeah. in a rush. I want to hear more about this sighting. This is the sighting you speak of that got you knee-deep, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So why yeah. Why a skeptic to begin with, even though you had a sci-fi background and an astronomy background?
3: Yeah, well, because I've never seen one, first of all. Uh, all the stories I heard as a kid growing up, it's all like you see on TV the same stuff that you would joke about that I'm – Always uh, putting up with today, you know, with colleagues, friends, family, even. Well, ridicule. family is turning around now. You're ridicule. You know, you got the tinfoil hats, you got all this, and you got all the programs on TV, flying saucers crashing into the White House, all this stuff. You know, it's like you become a skeptic. You believe that it's just a hoax and it's a joke and it's, it's really not real. It's not the real thing. It's not real. It's not in our skies. And I've never seen anything like that looking at the sky since I was 13 years old. But you know what? And I know why. And I got really lucky looking at the moon and seen something going by. Well, I did know Vancouver versus Columbus is a huge UFO flap. Uh, I've been living here now for, you know, since 2001. I've been traveling back and forth right now. I've been back here for a good uh, 15 years. So I just started getting back into astronomy again, looking at the sky. So I wasn't doing a lot of it. And I happened to see that object. And so when you see something as incredible as that, you do tons of research.
1: Tell us so, a little bit in, about the object. Tell us a little bit more about where you saw it, who you were with, so we can get a little. By bigger. myself. Cause this this influenced a big uh, the rest of your life, obviously. So. Oh,
3: it you know, did. It, it did. Get it made mad. it, oh, a oh huge, huge impact. And um, basically, I was in my backyard here in Vancouver. It's in a park called uh, George Wayburn Park. It's a huge park, and um, and it's dark. It's, in the middle of the city but you know it's by the uh the creek it's called falls creek it's very beautiful and i always put my telescope out there because it's dark and i just you know the moon was coming by in the part of the sky where i'm located and uh i was by myself you know i was gonna do i was just getting into astrophotography i've never done it before and uh, there's a beautiful full moon so i got it all focused in there on uh you know to take some great photographs and ready all lined up and all of a sudden this it was more of a diamond shape, but you know, today I look at back in, in my head, you know, it's, it could have been a triangular just the way it was, um, angled, right? Coming, going across the, uh, the moon. And it, it wasn't like, you know, when you see something in the sky, you know, drifting with the wind and the wind and the air currents, like a kite or a balloon, it drifts, yeah. right? It drifts and wobbles. This thing was like, uh, like on ice. It, it was gliding. It was so smooth. It was like, it was very surreal. Um, and it it like i said it looked like a diamond shape and it had no other features but the uh, the actual you know sharp corners of a of a diamond or a triangle so that's all I, I i could say because i didn't take a photo photograph of it it lasted maybe 2 2 3 seconds as it crossed by the moon and it, it, i just got shivers up my spine i'm going So it wasn't hell it wasn't was close
1: to you like things that have happened nope. to Chris but this this was something that was far away correct
3: it was far away, yeah, very, very far away. Yeah, but but it was large enough that it was within, you know, probably a couple thousand feet in the sky, maybe a bit higher. It's hard to tell. You can never tell, right, when you're sure. looking in the sky. with, very was, hard. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, unless you, you know the object like a plane or, or um, you know, or a balloon what or whatever you can estimate. Did,
1: and you didn't get a picture, but it affected you so much that did you tell people uh, about it the next day?
0: What no,
3: did you do? no, oh, no, I went on the Internet. I did. I did. Oh, uh, well, I must have done months, months of uh, research on the internet, and I started seeing a lot of YouTube stuff. Uh, of course, I fell into the trap of some of the biggest hoax channels, like Third Phase, of Moon, uh mm-hmm. Secure Team, uh, <laughs> oh, all those guys ones.
0: Those are weird.
3: And, I, and but you know what? You know when My I look at them, I go, <laughs> I go, "This is bullshit." And then I found one channel, Allison Cruz. And Alison Cruz had some night vision, uh, which was really interesting because, you know, I've never thought of night vision. Didn't think I could ever purchase night vision. Uh, this is going a few years back where, you know, it wasn't very common. Right. And I saw some incredible videos from her of lights in the sky that she was filming and some and they were bouncing around. And so I did more research on that. And then I got... To- a few of things happened to me over the years as well which is kind of interesting and I'm just going to briefly talk about but it did affect me and it did get me motivated to uh, to look more into the the field uh, the phenomena But all my life since I was 13 years old 14 years old I've been seeing this 1111 you know digital 1111 on your on your on your arm clock you know I mean on your watch sorry on the clock mail, license plates you name it seeing 1111 digitally For like 14, 15, 20 times a day. It was past coincidence. And I'm telling you, I was seeing this so often. I'm, you know, trust me, I'm I'm kind of guy going, I just, you know, blanked all this out for almost 20 years, you know, at the time. And, um, I've been seeing it like almost daily. So I lined up, I checked 1111 as I was looking through UFOs and they both are connected. uh, Yeah, yeah, so 1111. Of course, it's all the spiritual stuff I really didn't believe in. I really, I still don't. I'm still questioning all that. But because I was looking at eleven eleven, it kinda seemed like some synchronicity there. I don't know. Uh right. but UFOs and the eleven eleven were conjoined. I mean, I was researching both and they both are saying UFOs, you know, connected. If you're a um what do they call it, light gatherer, you'll have um um sightings of UFOs and go, What is this? So I'm telling you, I didn't tell anybody about any of this experience until further uh I decided to buy a night vision device.
1: But wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm still trying to figure – slow down a half a step.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. I got just so much there. Go.
1: Well, I'm just wondering – I'm trying to see where you saw some sort of connection with 11.11 – during your uh, research into ufology, there was some sort of connection you saw, right? Oh,
0: everywhere
3: know? in UFOs. Um, if I was searching for UFOs, there was an eleven eleven connection to it. Basically, they were talking about Did the you 11 people. Give us people. one
1: example so that we can, be like, oh yeah, like, is there something that pops up that you could think of? Um, there's,
3: there's probably if you go on YouTube or YouTube or even on uh, Google and just check. Anything on the 1111 on light workers, um, you'll see the connection there. They start talking about these people that are um, that see 1111 on a on a frequent basis um, um, have a connection to seeing. Um, UFOs, and then there's one website that mentions that. Again, I can't quote you that because I don't know where it is. That was five, six years ago when I, when I started looking at those, um, websites. Um, but there's a whole slew of that on the internet. Well, it's and still kind of it, weird it, that it,
1: you saw, you found stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, oh,
3: yeah. Well, yeah, I did, I did a couple of months, I'm telling you, a couple of months of research on the internet. So, uh, to make a long story short, I mean, I know we have lots of time here, but, uh, let talk about the 1111. I was still seeing that on a regular basis and again it was nothing new to me you know i'd be wake up in the middle of the night um you know um i'd go to bed at nine because i wake up at five thirty for work sometimes right so uh-huh. i go to bed at nine and i would just wake up and i'd look at the clock for no reason it's 11 to 11 same thing if i'm having a nap in the morning time you know if i'm taking a day off on a saturday i'm having a nap i wake up it's 11 to 11 so stuff like that but then license plates on the odometer this would go on for years years and years and years,
1: years. Very weird. And,
3: and, you know, this is, a, you know, this is like so, um, I, I know there's a lot of people that have this. Um, again, I did all that research on the internet you can talk to people. You'll hear about this 1111 phenomena. So once I started doing more research on UFOs and I bought the night vision equipment and I started actually seeing UFOs with night vision. And this is where I really started getting into sky watching. The 1111 stopped completely stopped. I don't, I don't, I, I don't see it anymore. I mean, it's uh-huh. not like I'm looking for it. So, I, but I don't have that that coincidence anymore. Like, of course, once well, in a while, I'm looking at the time. It's eleven eleven. That's a, you know, that well, happens, right? Break, you see it.
1: Charles, Charles, let's break it yeah. down. Yep. What could the what that says to me if I was someone who was trying to analyze you for one hundred and seventy-five dollars an hour? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say, well, that was a message that you needed to finally. Uh, Comply. Pay attention. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, both. You yep, needed to yep. comply with what this was trying to tell you to yep, do, yep. which was to pay attention, like Angel just said, and go out there and make other people aware of what you're seeing. Because you, because of your talents beforehand, are capable. Not everybody is. Now, I sound like Bashar when I'm saying this.
3: You well,
1: are capable, Charles. <laughs> well, you know it, it's
3: funny you mentioned that because you're 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 correct about that and I, and I never knew where I would be today. I just finished a documentary um it, it's all motivated to to tell people about this because I saw something, I see something, I've filmed something on a regular basis, and I want the world to know that there's more in the sky than you than, than you know, and it's there, and you can see it yourself
1: and right, so you don't have to rely on NASA. To, to no you know, filtered photos you can go do it yourself if you're not lazy
3: yeah and really and you don't need to know about disclosure it's here it's there it, there is a phenomenon there we don't know what it is I, I can't really say that anybody else does but i mean it's there and you can cool. you could find it yourself um if you
1: want to know the answers to anything you can ask steve greer because he knows everything
3: you know i you know at, at the beginning that I found his website. I found Stephen Greer sent him a long letter about my experiences with eleven eleven and um, my sightings and then of course, um, um, you know a month later, I started seeing him with uh, night vision we 'll we'll talk about that in a second how that started yeah. and um, never got a response from him and then I started you know looking at more of his videos and then I started seeing him doing this ambassador stuff at twenty five hundred dollars a head and you know I lost a taste for his um i i I, how would i say that i'm a salesman i'm in healthcare. i've been doing sales for a very very long time i'm a smart guy i'm educated yep you just think we're all salesman um you know i i I don't know i I think i don't i i think at the beginning he may have (laughs) been onto something that he really believed in uh he quit you know I, i work with doctors all the time um I think he, he quit whatever, why he quit being a physician. He found something that he could make as much money, if not more. And I think he's making a lot more money. Uh, and that took over from the actual passion of, uh, of searching the skies for, you know, UFOs. I mean, you can't just go out there and start teaching people. I saw his ce five, um, stuff and, you know, and the you know, he's got this, this protocols and he's gone. I saw the videos of him going around people measuring with the, um, um emf uh device uh the tri-field recorder i have one i mean i've i've done all this research myself i'm really educating this stuff now and there's no way you would monitor people for uh, a, a, you know unusual emf around them you can't hold that tri-field like that because it's going to go off you got to keep it stable on 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 a, on a, on a mo- you can't keep it mobile it'll right. go off no matter what it's going to give you an accurate reading so you know that's fake right there number one number two just because you're meditating around a circle, all of a sudden you see lights in the sky that look like flares and automatically you say that's the aliens and he calls them, I forget the name where they're from, Arturians or, or whatever. Again, that's, that's false. I mean, I see orbs and lights in the sky all the time and I never say they're aliens. I, 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 have, I rarely even that goes through my mind. I, I think there's some intelligence there, but I, I, I'm far to say that these guys are from any kind of solar system or parallel universe.
1: So um, you think but, that he is just creating that whole? Uh, absolutely, part of the story. absolutely, absolutely. Well, I will say one hundred percent. It, it, I understand what you're saying, and I probably agree with about ninety percent of it. But the truth is, is that we are not making much headway, right? So, for yeah, instance, no. you just you did this documentary, and I'm excited to see it. Uh, after speaking with you for 25, 30 minutes. But the bottom line is we've been doing documentaries for years, and we are still nowhere. We are not anywhere since Roswell. So my point is whether it's Greer or Gilliland or anybody else that you want to pick out or Meyer or any of these other people uh, that Mm -hmm. want to say, hey, we're trying to communicate. We're trying to do it close encounter style, word up. This is what we're going to try. Uh, I say we have to try to think outside the box in 2016 because technology is not winning either. It's just not. We're able to talk to each other more. We're able to share information. But we can't trust anything we see, Charles.
3: No, and then I agree hundred percent what you're saying and i and and I know what you 're saying about Stephen Greer and probably several others which i 'm not going to get into right now because i I really it 's really not going to move anything forward for what I want to talk to you about today because um there's a lot that we could find out about this um this phenomena if people do certain certain things and people need to do it if you want to get it, it has to be coming from the grassroots if it doesn 't come from the grassroots and you, and you you don't go to, you don't need to do any protocols i mean is there a relationship with meditating and um, having a, some type of telepathy with um, the the the, uh, the phenomena? Probably. there could be because I have an experience. I'll tell you about what happened to a blue orb that came 20 feet from me. So, you know, but the actual protocol itself, do you need to do that? No. I think just the actual fact of going out there, just your, your intent to look for them and to be, be in touch with them. If they're in the area and you are, um, um, you know, announcing yourself that you want to look for them, you want to see them, you want to find them with whatever binocular or night vision device that you're using, you will probably see it. But uh, it's not going to bring them to you by doing meditation. They're not going to come to your location because you're meditating. If they are in the skies at that time, maybe. I, I'll probably agree to that because of some of the experiences I've had. But I just shot, um, I captured a wonderful UFO um, orb, orange orb. There's two of them. And I and I, um, captured it with, um, thermal. Actually, it, there was no thermal signature, so which is very significant. And two night vision devices, because I have what's called the Skywatchers mobile unit that I put together, and it cost me around 10 grand. And it's on my, um, wow. website. And, and uh, you'll have a look at it. It's very extreme. I spent a lot of money on it over the years.
1: And, is, uh, it's what very is the effective. G's? What's the 10 G's for? What, what are you? Thermal.
3: Two night vision devices, uh, very expensive camcorder which is Canon XA10, um, tripod, video monitor, um, Geiger counter, uh, EMF tri-field recorder. Um, um, let's see, uh, two monitors, two high quality monitors, HD quality. Um, I got a GoPro, full spectrum GoPro on there for any anything that's nearby. A um, couple so of well, lasers, infrared it. lasers. Right. So I got the whole the whole schmig. The whole,
1: the whole kit, <laughs> the whole caboodle, and also yeah. they don't have they don't have Craigslist there, or else you could have got this shit cheap, right? Uh, oh well, yeah. Well, most of it you can't buy
3: through Craigslist. No, you got to import kidding. it. Come on, yeah.
1: just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, let's do this. Let's let's break down. Uh, tell us. I want to know as granular as possible. Yeah. What a sky watching episode night an uh, excursion would be like for Charles, including snacks.
3: Including snacks. Okay.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. All right. So here, we are. Let's, let's pick this night as an example. It's dark. There's beautiful, clear skies out. I would probably, I would right now, because this is where I do my sky watching. It's from my balcony, downtown Vancouver, and in the heart of Yelltown. Uh, there's tons of high rises, of 40, 50 mm-hmm. stories, and I have a beautiful sky. There's a lot of light pollution, so that's why I have a digital night vision. I don't use my analog uh, um, uh, Gen 3 type of night vision. It's a do-it-yourself cascade tubing one uh, in the city because it's too bright. So I just use my camcorder, which has night vision, and my Luna Optics, which is a digital. So I get on the balcony. I put on all my monitors. I put on all my night vision devices, including my thermal. And all what I do is I use a grid system of the sky. I see a quarter, probably about 33%, maybe a bit more of the night sky from where I'm located, from southwest, west, northwest, north, 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 northwest, which is a great movie, by the way. Um, and uh, what I do is I just do a grid scan. I go from um, from 20 degrees uh, above the horizon to 80 degrees, up and down, up and down as a panning, going from south to north. And I do it. Relatively fast because I, I know, um, it's got a five times zoom on my lunar optics. So I will see an object moving in the night sky pretty fast, even though I'm, I'm, I'm scanning the skies with the tripod. It's a video head tripod. So it keeps a nice motion. So you're not shaking. So when you do capture something, you don't have a lot of shaky video.
1: Okay. When I first started, mm-hmm. I did it by hand,
3: right? And that's awful. You can't really get good uh, video reproduction handheld. Uh-huh. So I see this, see something okay. moving. And even if it's a satellite, I start recording. So I hit play, I hit record, and all from, from from because I'll tell you, um, 90% of the satellites are satellites, right? They just move their satellites, you record them. But there's still 10% of these objects that look exactly like satellites, and then they'll stop. Yeah. Oh, they'll shoot something to the ground, or they'll turn directions and go the other way, and a complete 90-degree angle. And, and I'll tell you, these satellite-looking objects are these orbs. And they could be just a 1,000 feet up or 200 feet up. You cannot tell the difference. They sure could mimic anything they want in the sky.
1: When you call so, them orbs, they can easily be like a scout ship, let's say, right? It could be
3: from that distance, yes. I call them orbs because um, I have probably half a dozen of good close-up orbs uh, that are from anywhere from 100 to 200 feet from me. And they're perfectly spherical. They're the size of a baseball to a basketball and um, you can see clearly the one I shot in June 3rd this year. Um, it's got some kind of plasma action going on in the middle. You can see it kind of fuzzy inside there, and it's kind of yeah. moving around. And it was moving in with intelligence. I mean, it, it came from the southwest um, moving north. It went up at 80 degrees, and it stopped, turned around, started going the opposite way, and it descended really fast. And then it came around the crane, which is about 300 meters from me across the street. And went right by the uh, the crane, and you can see the size of it. It's tiny. It's a tiny. But there's nothing in the skies. From from like uh, what's his name? Mark D'Antonio said that it's a plastic bag, which is absolutely impossible. Plastic bag? Um, yeah, he he just doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, plastic bag and uh, or trash in the city, which is Vancouver. We don't have trash in the skies. Very rare unless you have 100 kilometer hour winds, then you might have some trash like leaves.
1: This what is is about, Charles, what about the lights? What about the lights in, in this, the city lights? Is that make it? Uh, yes, yeah, it, it does.
3: For you? Yeah, it, it's troublesome. In fact, that um, you do have the light pollution with the video, so you, you get a lot of noise. Uh, that's why I use digital night vision so it can handle, it can handle it. So you can still pick up, um, objects that are in the infrared spectrum. But I think most of them are so, are, are, uh, you know, about 100, 200 feet away and they're so dim, but they go from invisible because I've had orbs that even with night vision looks like a mirage. You're looking at a, a mirage. You know how a mirage looks like it's completely transparent, but it's like a, like a wave, but it's perfectly round. And I had an infrared laser, and I hit it with the infrared laser, and boom. It was the size of a basketball, and then it would zip off, and, it was, and then it was bright. Then you would see it, and it mm-hmm. would take off. Wow. So it's like I caught it, right? It was like, sure. wow. So, so <clears> you, you affected it. I affected it, it or it was – I knew I was I – was, um, I caught him. It's like what I caught that, him. And you, and,
1: what did that feel like? Because you're, you're alone. You're eating I laughed. No, I
3: laughed. <laughs> I laughed. I laugh wow. to go, oh, yeah, go, yeah, I laugh to go, I go, you piece of shit. I call him, um, I call him a few names. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it. <laughs> I got angry because he's on top of my condo, right? I'm on the 21st floor and he's right on top of the condo and he's just not moving. You know, I'm, I'm scanning this guy, it's at 80 degrees, so it's almost vertically straight up and I see this thing not moving and I see a mirage and then, you know, a mirage because you can see behind the stars and it's like wavy and I go, what the hell is that? And I grabbed my laser, and I, I hit it because I just knew it was an orb. And I hit it, and all of a sudden, boom, it was big, bright, because the, the laser illuminated the whole object, right? It was the size of a basketball, and it was, um, you know, another 10 stories above me because that's the, the top of the condo. And then it was all bright, and I, boom, it zipped off. So I couldn't record it because it took off. It was bright for maybe three seconds, and it disappeared. So I kept on scanning the skies. When I'm looking for orbs and I know they're in the sky, I really scan the skies really fast just to continue with my, my typical night vision uh, or sky watching. Uh, so I, then I, I continue the, the grid motion, but a lot faster. And I'm scanning the skies, looking at my monitors. i got two 7-inch monitors, so I can see really clearly the skies and um, anything that's moving. <clears throat> and, and a lot of times they're very transparent uh, with the, you know, either an orange or blue luminous light. Um, and then I know that's an orb, and then I follow it. Sometimes they're very fast. Sometimes they're very slow. Um, but most of the time they're zipping around, and and I'm talking of going 100, 200, 300 miles an hour right past my balcony. Um, because they're pretty close. Any faster than that, I wouldn't be able to see it. And, um, then it would stop and then go the opposite direction. Okay. So the reason why I know these are not bats, because at the beginning, and I may even still have a couple videos on my YouTube channel in back in 2012 where I thought were orbs were probably bats, but. Um, now with the equipment that I have, um, I can pick out a bat, um, any kind of finch, bird at nighttime, and see the wings flapping. And now with my thermal, the reason why I bought thermal night vision is because um, I want to see if it actually is producing any heat or cold, um, the temperature of it, or if it's actually there. Because light, you will, not, you will not see light with thermal. Like stars, you don't see light, right? You don't see um, the street lights with it. They're only the heat or the cold. If there's an object in solid matter there, you will see it. No matter if it's cold or hot, it'll be in the sky. So that's why the June 3rd object was very significant. It didn't show up at all on thermal. And I had a, a little bat or finch that flew above the orb, and I got it on thermal. A the little white dot flying by. That means hot, white because I had it on white hot on the thermal device. And there was nothing there. So. If you ever go to my channel just go to my website.
1: I'm on your I'm on it's, your YouTube channel right now. So what what's your what's your best one here that I, you'd want me to check out? I'm just
3: curious. Okay the one we we're just talking about, uh check the orange orb one there. Um I think it's called Orange Orb uh June third. Let me see. I can't remember what I what I called it here. Um and it was just on June third this year, so it's probably five videos down. Wow. I don't see if you see it there. There's two of them. I, yeah, did I a, see um, the
1: orange plasma orb edit wow. Or the orange yeah, orbs. It must
3: the musty one because um the edit one is I zoomed up into it and you can see it's perfectly spherical and then you can look in the middle and you can kinda like see some movement like plasma. And again, that's what I'm thinking it probably is. On yeah, top of the noise, nice. so mm-hmm. it's 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 kinda hard to tell. There's a reason why that you know you need yeah, to have the really What's the
1: box there. What's the box that I that's see? That's the it? thermal.
3: Oh.
1: That's the thermal.
3: The block. That's thermal. So you'll see right at the beginning. I capture. There's two orange objects and there's uh, the out of wow. focus, mm-hmm. and um, and then I focus the camera where it comes in really tight and it's perfectly in focus and it's perfectly spherical, and then I only followed one. So it came in by a pair. Two of them came in from 80 degrees above the horizon, coming from the southwest. And um, and it started descending um, to about maybe 50, 60 degrees above the horizon. Then it lowered quite right into where the condos are. And you'll see it wrap around the crane. Um, yeah, I'm
1: seeing um, it now a crane. The tower, the crane, the crane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where I am right now.
3: It's a very um, straightforward video. It's nothing mundane at all. Trust me on this because I've done so much. I've done over 2,000 hours of sky watching. This is the real thing. I... Have not seen one for several months, so this was a really great opportunity to actually film one again. Um, and the fact that this thing actually stuck around for as long as it did, about four minutes, or was it four minutes, three minutes video? So, yeah, and again, I had, the, I, yeah, I was able to actually focus in on it and zoom in with the, the Luna, and it's it's very transparent, and it didn't yeah, react to any of the street lights. It didn't rebound like you don't have the street lights um, reflecting off it. So, which indicates to me it's either a hologram type of um, uh, object or uh, just simply a plasma ball, um, but it did not ha- have any way, significance.
1: Either go, go back to your premise, which is, you know, your goal. This is a phenomenon. We yeah, don't know exactly. what this thing is. It's it, Even, you know, in the YouTube video that I'm watching, it becomes difficult to, you know, it's hard to know without you explaining if I'm upside down, left or right, but you see… An object, then, like you said, it is perfectly circular and yeah. orange. It is definitely orange. Um, and yeah. it's a bright orange. It's not a. It's, it's not a dull. It's a burnt. Yeah, it's a burnt orange, and those are very
3: common. <clears throat> you can see them with the naked eye. I've seen three large ones, um, probably the size of VWs, um, both uh, three of them that came around exactly in the same area, southwest sky, about 80 degrees above the horizon, way up there. And they both showed up after I was flashing around with a smaller orb that was wrapping around my um, my balcony area. And uh, I used to have an infrared laser, which I don't have anymore. They're too expensive. I can't afford it. It just burnt out. And, again, infrared lasers, you can't see with the naked eye, so you don't blind any pilots with planes that are going by. It's very powerful. It's a 100-milliwatt or 200-milliwatt infrared laser. And I had this little orb that was hanging around the area, just about that size. Uh, but it was white and again, I couldn't see it with the naked eye. So I started flashing a laser. I have to get some freaking reaction from him because I'm getting pissed off because he keeps on so zooming by my balcony. And you know, I'm just getting, <laughs> I'm just getting mad. I want more information. Tell me what you are. So I started using the laser and I hit it with the laser and it's a pinpoint of light. So y- you have to check that video. It's called, um, um, uh, Orb Games. It's, uh, it's about another 20 videos down. Uh, and that's the title. Uh Games. I've got two versions of it edited. When I hit it with a laser, uh, it's the size of a basketball. And wow. for that and night vision, it's just like a pinpoint of light. It's just a pinpoint of light. Boom. It, 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 it um, Either the, the laser enveloped the whole object itself or the object itself responded and um, um, uh, ejected its own uh, infrared light. Because I could not see this with the naked eye. And I have a five-time zoom on that Luna Optics um, night vision device. So that means it was at least 200, within 200 feet from me, from that distance, especially with the laser. And, okay, of course, I'm with any laser. I'm with
1: the laser right now, and it's really freaking bizarre, you guys. Which one are you looking at, the orb games? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of freaking me it's, out a little bit. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's it, not. It's, it's killing my buzz.
3: Yeah. People say it's a bat. They go, yeah, well, you know what? If you hit a bat with a laser. The bats we have here are as big as mites, right? Those tiny ones. This thing, you know, when you hit it, the laser enveloped it completely as a big sphere. You know, it was a good size, maybe even the beach ball size, because of the distance. It was about at least 100 to 200 feet away.
0: That's the and size.
3: The way- Go ahead,
0: Chris. I was just going to say that's the size that I put at the orb that my son and I had um, our close encounter with was uh, a beach ball size. Um, yeah,
1: just very common.
0: Perfect size, right there. I would say a beach ball in between that and a basketball. So that's uh, that is the fair. common size
3: for sure. Well, I, I can tell you that they're they're not consistent in terms of their size. They can grow to any size, but the majority are golf ball to beach ball size. I've seen them all from all, all of those sizes. Yeah. Uh, the best, well, of course, the best ones are the ones I saw with the naked eye that zipped by my balcony and I couldn't record them, right? So yeah. it's, it's too bad, you know?
1: But it looks like it's reacting to your laser, which is creepy. Oh,
3: totally. Like, and I mean, so, totally, you know, and,
1: Yeah, I've watched it like and knives now.
3: Yeah, bats do not see laser lights. And if they do see laser lights, then, you know what, there's a 10% chance it could be a bat, but I, I, Dude, it's not.
1: that's not a bat. No way. No, I know.
3: I know. I know. Because see how it's gliding? That. You see that gliding motion it's making when it's moving around? That's that same kind of sensation of that uh, diamond object going across the moon. That's how it glides in the sky. To me, it looks pretty far away, too. So that's yeah.
1: why I don't think it's a bat. Um, yeah,
3: but, yeah, yeah. But I can but, still pick up bats pretty far away with my night vision and, but you oh, can yeah. see the wings flapping. Oh yeah. I got tons of examples on YouTube on my channel there. You can see them, uh, three, 400 feet away and you see these little wings flapping, you know? So I know that's that's not a
1: bat because right. there's no flapping so, wings. So you, you mm-hmm. tell us about, um, so you, you mostly, how often do you do this from your apartment balcony?
3: Well, so I've been doing this since, uh, it's been going on almost six years now. So, um, Every clear night here in Vancouver, I'd go outside for at least two hours. Like tonight, I, I would normally be going out for a good hour or two since I'm on the phone wow. with you guys now. That is um, awesome. Yeah, but Vancouver, you know, we only have so many months of the year or so many days of the year that are very clear. You know, the Pacific Northwest. Northwest. Are you from Portland, Maine, or Oregon? Oregon. Oregon, so you know, uh, let you guys have clearer skies yeah. there. Yeah,
1: well, but what, what um, about a chair? Do you have like a Coleman chair or something? Do you have like a little thermos? What do you do?
3: I got a I got a little um director's chair. Okay. You know director's chairs, so it's really uh, high up. Yeah. So I sit on that. And of course now I'm I'm a producer, so I'm gonna put producer in the back.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. That's um a little joke. No Yeah, no, so
3: that know. so then I of course I'm, I'm my balcony is right beside the inside of my living room uh, in my home. So I have my drinks and my food here. So I get really, really, uh, focused in what I'm doing. So most of the time I'm standing up, but when, if it gets a really slow night, if I haven't seen anything for two hours, I start sitting down and I just, you know, I got a long handle on my tripod, uh, video head and I just, you know, scan and scan. But I'll tell you the most of the, most of the captures are usually towards the end of the night when I'm just about to pack it in. Uh, it's usually the last five minutes, the last 10 minutes. I'm saying, okay, I'm just going to be the last, um, grid search, you know, from my sky from North to South. And then I'm going to pack it in and boom, there you go. There's an orb. Then I'm there for another half an hour following this bugger. Well,
1: sure. That's like, you know, yeah. catching a fish, you know,
3: you're Yeah. yeah. It's nice. exactly, it's exactly how it is. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, still fishing, you know, and you got the minnows on it. And you got the your weight on, you're getting a little bites. The same thing, you know, you got this little orb that zips by and you go, God, I missed it. So you do your scans there's really fast to try to catch them again.
1: And there's something really tranquil uh, about the, the, oh, the, the great. situation. It sounds very relaxing for me, um, and exciting too. But uh, Chris, you were Chris, you were about to say something.
0: No, I was just going to say it. Just it is um, uh, when um, he was talking about the orb and about the different sizes. You know, it, my thing of it is, is I've you know when when we when we had seen the orb real close to us is that there's a few different parts to the orb. And that is one thing was, was the uh, magnetic bubble that was surrounded the sphere and the sense of when people say the orange comes out or whatever, uh, it, I would assume that could get smaller and bigger at any yeah. size at anything. Uh, because um, it's just kind of what it was. And so, uh, yeah, I agree. I, it's just that, that, uh, that's just what I was saying. I, hopefully one day we'll have a chance to get my encounter out to one of these documentaries things so i can hopefully uh, get my um vision out of what we've seen and and all that but um it's just a fascinating deal and the orbs are fascinating and i truly believe that there is some intelligence behind there because when you said about just how you were about ready to go well that was the same thing that happened to my son and i we were about we just were like, okay, let's go. And then boom, this thing shows up. So either they know that it's just like you're catching a fish, you know, you're about ready to go. And then boom, you get the big one. I don't know what it is. And the fish knows, but um, it does. Seem yeah, right.
3: exactly. Yeah, I that's it's so true. That's a really good analogy.
1: Yeah, I'll take credit for it. Why not? Hey, so yeah. listen. Hey, listen, Charles. Yeah. Um, so this happens. Let's go back to the timeline here because I like to get. Yeah. I like yep, to get a little bit yeah. about people's emotions, too. Uh, you, you had this happen, and it was in your backyard, and then you said, hey, I can actually do a better job than most uh, people in the world at looking at this stuff, and then you started to dabble. What did you tell your friends and family, and how did they respond to the, uh the ridicule? How did you deal with it, and that sort of thing?
3: Well, I didn't say anything to my, to my mother yet. Um, I did say something to my brother who lives uh, in the same city as me. And, um, he kind of goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, interestingly, and this is in 2012, we went to, we have a fireworks display here. It's called the Celebration of Light. And we have, uh, usually four, three or four countries that, um, compete for fireworks and with music. And it's great. Every year we have it here. Usually 100,000 people show up and it's right on the harbor here in the West End. Um, uh, or the English Bay area. So my brother and I and his nephew, or my nephew, sorry, and his son, we went to a fireworks display, and this is after maybe six months of me, you know, capturing a couple of orbs and uh, him going, yeah, right? So we're watching the fireworks display, and there's this this object, and this is before all the, because 2012 is before the rage of quadcopters and all that. Um, there's an object way above, high up, above the fireworks, out in the ocean, maybe I'd say uh, maybe a mile out. It was, ch- it was just a spherical object. It was changing color with the fireworks. So if all the fireworks were red or blue, it would change with it exactly at the same time. And I noticed that within the five minutes because every fireworks display is uh, 20 minutes long. So this one country, whoever it was, could have been Canada showing off its works. Uh-huh. This object was imitating the colors of the, of the display. It would go purple, it would go blue, it would go red, it would go white, and it was really high up, away from the fireworks. It wasn't a flare, it wasn't a quadcopter, because they weren't around then. Um, and it wasn't a plane. That I know for a fact, right? Because, you know, I've, you know, I've been, I know the skies.
1: And we've so seen these I, things so, at events. We've seen a lot of them. Yeah. They, things. they, yes. they
3: show up at these fireworks. So, and I, and I'll get to the next, um, uh, encounter that I have when I saw this, uh, blue orb, but, This is in two thousand and twelve, so early early in my sky watching days. And so I'm pointing telling my brother and my nephew, look, look, and then they're looking at this and they couldn't figure it out. And then they're going, Charles, you're you're right. I'm I'm starting to believe you now. Uh, So Okay, so because it lasted twenty minutes. I (laughs) prove it to them. I go, look, look. So I come home, they go home and they live like a block, two blocks from me. I go out on my balcony. And I take out my, I didn't have my SMU, my Skywatcher mobile unit at the time. I just had a Yukon night vision device. It's another digital device with a small little LTD DVR. It's 2.5 inches you know, small little video. And I'm doing it handheld and I'm checking the skies out because I want to catch this freaking orb or UFO or whatever it was. And you know what? I did. I caught it. So it's um my, one of my first real good captures. It's called um satellite pretending to be, all right, UFO pretending to be a satellite. It's one of my last on my YouTube channel. And basically, it's a really bad production because it's shitty DVR I had for um, the video out on the monocular. And I'm following this object, and again, I couldn't see with the naked eye. I thought it was a satellite, but it wasn't moving like a satellite because it was, it was kind of low on the horizon and it was kind of really bright and it was projecting a really strong infrared light because I couldn't see with the naked eye. Normally, I would be able to see it... At, Unless there's too much light pollution, I couldn't see it, and the night vision did. So that could be a possibility as well. I'm not sure. Yeah. But So I'm following it, and then if you watch the video, it it, it traverses across, across the sky, and then it goes behind the building for not even a split second. It does a complete 90 degree and turns around and starts going the other way. Wow. So, yeah. So a lot of people say, okay, Charles, well, you know what? There's probably another object at the same time coming from the other direction on the same trajectory. Exactly. Going the other way. You just happen to catch it. Coincidentally at the same time, as that object going, going the opposite direction. I go, what are the chances? First, I'm looking with the naked eye myself. This thing was bright enough. If it was a satellite, I would have seen it with the naked eye. And if it was, but exactly, you watch the video. You'll see what I mean. This was, again 2012 before quadcopters, before anything i did not see with the naked eye i thought it was a satellite that i picked up with the yukon but it wasn't and this is about 20 minutes or half an hour or so after the fireworks display after we saw that ufo
0: yeah
3: so it, it stuck around 2012 by the way was an incredible year there were so many orbs and other orange uh amber um if you check my videos you'll see some incredible videos of lights in the sky that just are there traversing very slowly, very bright, completely invisible to the naked eye, and just going across the city for like 10 minutes, you know? Like, yeah. what the hell is that? And so it wasn't a Chinese lantern. It wasn't anything like that because I've spotted a lot of those, and I've debunked all of those beforehand. So, you know, it's it, it was an incredible year, 2012, 2013, and then it started leveling off in 2014. Mm-hmm. I, I was, in this is when I built my and SMU.
0: Our encounter was in 2011 in the summer. Um, Well, that
3: was apparently a peak year. Uh, Talking to Allison Cruz out in Pennsylvania, Um, 2009 to 2011 were the peak years. And 2012 for me, I thought was incredible, but apparently 2011 was
1: even better.
0: Yeah. It was, that 2011 changed my life,
3: that's for sure.
1: Well, it changed. And I was, I I
3: observed in 2010. you know, 2009, 2010, so that's probably why there's so much activity in the skies, and I saw that. Sure. My first night using my telescope, you know, after so many years not using it, and then here I see something go across the moon. But it took me another three or four months after doing a lot of research, and I actually buy a night vision device, which is that Yukon. But my very, very first – that was my second real good encounter. My very first encounter was, again, 2012. It's, um, again, probably third up from my videos because I did a re-edit uh, with the blue background so you can see the object better. It's mm-hmm. um, called the Energy Orb.
0: Energy You'll Orb. You'll freak I, out. I yeah. I had, I'd, I'd seen that video, yes, on the Energy Orb. I did. I yeah, know.
3: and that thing was about 50 feet from me
0: completely,
3: at least because it was between two buildings. And that building from me is about 100, uh, 150 feet away. So I'm, I'm assuming it's about 50 to 100 feet away from me. And wow. I, I'm looking between the building. There's nothing there with the naked eye. And I'm looking at my monitor. There's something there. There's nothing there with the naked eye. And it's got a weird, like, kind of tentacles on it. I had no idea what that is. That was my very first one that you know, just changed my life. That one changed my life even more because it was so close to me. It felt like there was someone there. Yeah. That's how the, the sensation I had, right? Because it was so close. Mm.
0: I, I get that. Well, yeah, I get that. Definitely get that feeling. You know, one thing I always wondered, and... And of course I've said you know when I when I go do my thing it's is the fact of us um you being here too is us being in the northwest and being so close to to Boeing um so I I I never when people say well Christy, what do you think do do you believe it was it was aliens that you seen or, or was the oh, gosh, yeah. and, and and to me I don't really know because I didn't see any beings or anything so to me it could to me, it could very well be the government. And, and I do, I think about how close we are here to Boeing and, um, how, you know, it just, you go up in the sky and boom from, you know, <laughs> you I, I, park, I see everything. You know what? See you, so. uh,
3: it can't, it, it's not the government. You know, if, sure. I, I can't see what the government would be doing, especially here, me in Vancouver with very little military air force here in Canada. What would they be doing coming into a downtown core, a small section of the downtown core, zooming around the condominiums, just in a small quarter? I'm talking about, you know, a, a half a mile, square mile of circling that sky, you know, up to maybe 500 feet up and then taking off. Mm-hmm. Like, what would they be doing? Are they doing a test? You know, I have no idea. It, for me, it just seems so advanced and it seems the intelligence—it's like an animal intelligence. This is how I'm kind of feeling it. It's like, and I'll just give you my this other experience. This is my last experience because this is the really most incredible experience I've ever had with my five years of doing this. Uh-huh. Um, I took I took about let's uh, oh, say three months off of sky watching. I just got tired. I must have done about two thousand hours in total. Again. You know, from doing from 2010 to 2014, you know, wow. it, you know, from anywhere from two to six hours a night on a clear night. So I, I kind of did the addition there. It's close to 2000 hours anyways. So um, I said, I'm just taking a break. I'm watching TV and I'm facing my windows. I have, um, you know, floor to ceiling windows all around my condo. It's really beautiful. I got to see outside the sky and everything. So my TV, you know, I'm looking at my TV and lying on my couch. And on the side of my eye, I see this blue um, uh, light light. Bouncing up and down from my balcony. Again, I'm on the 21st floor. So again, this is during quadcopter heaven, you know, 2014, people are trying to buy quadcopters. I have two of them myself. I thought some guy was, you know, ice spying on me with his quadcopter and video, video recording me, right? So I got pissed off. So I go out in my balcony and I go, where is that quadcopter? And all of a sudden that, that orb bounced right up. But after it's been doing up and down, going up and down, it stopped. It was about less than 20 feet from me at eye level at stopped bouncing up and down It stopped right at eye level, like right in my eyes, I'm looking right at this thing. It was no bigger than, um, uh, a golf ball. Maybe, maybe a little bit, a little bit bigger to a, maybe a baseball, but it was more like a golf ball size. It looked, the color, it looked exactly like a Christmas light, Christmas light, LED, a blue LED light. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very bright. Yeah. So for about two seconds, it stopped. I'm looking at this and going, you know, I, I went, Holy shit. And all of a sudden, boom. It takes off, goes across the street and the bridge where I live, zigzagging like a bug, right? Zigzagging, zing, zigzag, zing, zigzag, zing, 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 zing. And it's climbing and climbing and it goes across the street where there's um, another condominium complex, which is a little higher than uh, my building. And it, it, it grows to the size of, and I'm guessing to maybe a basketball or beach ball because the distance is 300 meters away and it was on top of the building, just hovering. So I can see it. It was bigger than when I first saw it, the size of a, of a golf ball. So I'm assuming it's the size of about maybe a basketball or a beach ball. So I run inside, grab my camcorder with night vision and everything. And as soon as I got this thing focused in beautifully, right? And I got it zoomed in. As soon as I hit record button, it blinked out like a light switch. So like I counted in my head how many seconds this lasted, it like seven to 10 seconds. I think it was seven seconds. Mm-hmm. So what are the chances that it would blink out just when I hit record? I was so upset. You know, this is like the fourth or fifth mm-hmm. time I've seen something so incredible with the naked eye. But that's so close. And and looking at me, and what was it doing bouncing up and down my balcony? You know, mm-hmm. it was like, was it trying to get my attention? It sure did. Got me on the balcony. And it reacted to me because it took off at the time mm-hmm. I came out on the balcony. So for me, that's intelligence.
0: Yeah. Whatever no, that's, it was. Uh, that's, not, they were, that's what I our, uh, orb encounter too was definitely some intelligence to it because I had sat there, been praying for the thing to come down, sit there, water my yard. Oh, I wish this thing would just come down and show me detail to own my son this. And then boom, it did it. So yeah, um, this is the same story time and time again about the connection and about, um, with it. So, um, to me, that is where we get to uh, the government and the ET. To me, that is what seems to be the ET presence is the fact of it being able Exactly. To- Read your mind in the sense, and also uh, his stuff looks so deadly in the middle of this sphere, which looked like David Copperfield, how you could get it in the middle. I don't know, but it looks oh, so deadly that I don't know how he's can get in it. It's
1: uh, it's it's amazing. Hey guys, can I break yeah. in here because we're having this sort of orb love fest? Yeah, now let's do this. <laughs> it's it's twenty till the hour here, which is the end of the show, which is plenty wow. of time, but. Yeah, it goes by fast when, when it's intriguing, uh, which it has been. Um, what I want to do right now, if possible, is let's try to turn the tables. And I want to yeah. know first because we haven't seen your documentary. Uh, yeah. How much of your footage is used in this documentary? I would think quite a bit, correct?
3: Yeah, there's a good. Um, um, I'd say good. Let's say seven or eight videos of mine in there, and we do a comparison with uh, Allison Cruz's videos uh, that are identical to what I filmed. I'm, I'm talking identical kind of phenomena. Um, so we have that in there. Um, we have some uh, comparison. I, I've done some debunking in there, so I had some video that I thought could have been a UFO or UAP, and then I did some debunking with balloons with uh, a MUFON investigator, and we debunked it. It was balloons. So I'm giving that away, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, because um, you're
1: kind of asking my question for me, which is great, which is... Uh, Let's play devil's advocate and let's talk about what these things could be if there is anything we can try to compare it to or uh, the second part and the second part of the question would be, uh, did you try to approach any quote unquote professionals uh, in the fields that would help you try to uh, find out what the hell these things are?
3: Yes, I absolutely have over the years. Um, again, we can go on for hours on this because, um, during my, um, captures, I was contacted by an aerospace engineer from, uh, Europe, European Space Agency. Uh, he also works for NASA and JPL. Um, again, I can't tell you his name. He wants to stay anonymous for, for, very, for very, very good reasons. Um, I checked him out personally myself and I, you know, wanted to make sure he wasn't just a hoaxer or some guy that's pretending to be a, a scientist.
1: He, um, during how did, the uh, how did he hit you up? How did he contact you? He
3: saw my videos on YouTube, and um, he sent me a, he sent me a communication. Okay. So um, basically, how I checked him out is that I was watching the whole Philly Lander thing. That was his project. One of us he's one of the aerospace engineers on the um, Philly Lander on the asteroid there. And you remember when um, the harpoons didn't um, 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 attach to the asteroid like they wanted to, right? They had problems with the harpoons. You remember that whole event?
0: Does that sound familiar
3: to you, the Philly Lander? Um, um, yeah,
2: of course. Yeah, yeah.
3: So basically, um, I was going back and forth with him on uh, Messenger, and he was going, um, oh, Charles, yeah, damn, you know what, we, we were expecting this to happen. We're going to probably lose um, uh, battery. We're, we were in a section of the asteroid where um, uh, we're not getting any light, uh, sunlight. Uh, the harpoons didn't eject. Or blah, blah, blah. He went on and so forth. I'm watching CNN at the same time and they didn't report on that until maybe 20 minutes later. So I was getting it firsthand and, and so for me that legitimized who he was. So, so now I've I've legitimized who he was. So now he's been going back and forth with me for the last three years. He stopped actually contacting me and I think because he's given me a little bit too much information about what these orbs are. So so he's been telling me that these orbs have been, uh, are being studied by, and he put in quotations his colleagues, not really his colleagues, but they're obviously scientists. Um, he's confirmed to me that there are satellites that are not man-made that are orbiting the polar regions. Um, so whatever that means, again, satellites. So then he continues, and this goes on over a couple of years, right? So he gives me these little bits of information on so and so. And he says, keep on keeping in touch with me, Charles. Uh, we love your captures. And he goes, we love your captures. So obviously they've been looking at my videos. And, um, and of course, he told me that some of my orbs that I've captured and specifically, um, again, the couple of ones that you've been uh, looking at tonight uh, um, verified that, yeah, that's what they've been saying. That is the orb. And they are known to be, um, they're in our skies, anywhere from 8 kilometers in the atmosphere to ground level and they are easily observed with infrared technologies. Duh, I knew that. So he just confirmed all that. It's a fact.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, you know, um, then he got wow. into, again, just last year, talking about the orb and what it is. He says it's more than ET and it's more than spiritual. He says it's more, put it this way, it right. goes, it's, it's basically... Um, um how do he put it? I have to quote exactly what he says. I have all these messages. I got like uh, two pages whole of this stuff. He gets into the science of it, you know, the quantum mechanics and all this stuff that I don't understand at all went over my head. And he's trying to tell me in layman's term and he didn't want to give me all the idea what it is or what they thought it is. But in a nutshell, he says that these ores are able to print out data. They're able to uh, pick up data from the environment, usually living mat- living matter, and print out. So he says, in other words, these orbs can actually print out your life, like clone your life. That's what he's trying to tell me. But that he says that's even a poor example. He says, I really can't tell you any more than that, Charles. And then I go, well, you don't make any sense. I have no idea. Then he starts getting to this more science, physics stuff and um, not telling me anymore more, confusing me even more. But he says there's, they're not a living being itself. They're not an entity in itself. But he says it's bigger than E.T. and it's bigger than uh, spiritual. Because I ask him, is it a spiritual orb? Is it, uh, you know, energy of our spirit, our soul when we die? Is that what it is? He goes, it's more than that. So it's, he didn't really tell me much, but the fact is that could there be, there's could some indication what be, it's
2: well, not. Charles, do these things uh, you think could be angels? Well, why not? Angels, what, what are Angels.
3: You know, angels from the Bible. So,
1: hey, don't be so narcissistic, okay? Look, <laughs> no, no, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. No, I'm so, okay. Charles, I'm, I'm very serious about that. No, I but know what he, you're saying. And he's I, I, this is, is just one guy, right? Go ahead, yeah. Charles. Go ahead. This
3: is just one guy, right? One guy, but I, 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 he's been pretty accurate on a lot of things before I even, you know, communicate to him. And he's seen some of my videos, and he concluded, yeah, that's you're seeing these are the R's. You're seeing these. And uh, that phenomena is, you know, can be seen from eight kilometers up, which is what 40,000 So hold meters, on, hold up, Charles.
1: Speech. Charles. Because yep. we're gonna now we're gonna end up running out of time. I can see how this is going. Okay. We're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Our fucking minds here. Yeah, this is great okay. shit. Okay. Okay. And 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 I get it. And it's it's telling me these. What you're telling us, I think, is that these are some. They're data collection devices of some some sort. We're, there you go. And they're monitoring in our skies all the time. And the only kind of thing I could compare it to is a really way futuristic drone. So it's it might not – it probably isn't uh, – yeah, it's of intelligence, but probably remotely controlled, right? Yeah, that's my theory. Yeah, that's my theory. Somebody just chimed in. What did you say, Angel? Artif- artificial
2: intelligence, perhaps.
3: Yeah, it's an AI. I, it could be an AI, and it's and he also mentioned um, it could be a process. He first questioned it a year before He questioned this thing. Mm-hmm. It's probably a projected hologram from an unknown source, um, and he gone to more science uh, explanation of what it could be. So, like a hologram. Right?
2: But, I mean, my, my question hologram. is, though, Charles. My question is, though, how can he determine this? Where they haven't? I mean, they haven't captured one of these things. So,
3: no. They, are they, we? How they, is, are they to, determine this? Yeah, well he said that they've been able to uh, obtain data from a section of the orbs. This is obtained how he said. Data. Data. So how he, they obtained that data? Probably through easy spectrography, uh very, very expensive freaking equipment that I would love to have. If I had twenty thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars more of equipment that I have today, I could probably get similar uh, data because they're there and I know where to find them in the skies. You just gotta be patient and they're there. But I don't have that equipment. I can only get observational data, you know, and of course you would have to get a couple more of other people triangulating it, right, to get really scientific information. Oh, NASA, ESA, all these dudes, man, they have all this, they have this equipment, man. They got millions of dollars, billions of dollars of equipment.
2: Trillions, so, my friend, trillions. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But who's doing it? Who's the colleagues in, in parentheses? And he didn't say really, not really his colleagues. So is it probably some agency that he's aware of? But he kept on saying, I can't tell you anymore. I'm sorry. I'm going too much. I'm going too far into this already. I shouldn't be telling you this, but it's more like this, but that's a really bad way of saying it. It's loosely this, and he just goes on and on. He doesn't go that far to really tell me exactly what it is, but obviously they do know more than what he told me. So that was pretty much all what he said, uh, and he stopped. uh, um, You know, He was good, consistent for a good two and a half, two, two and a half years. And uh, he stopped now. I tried. I sent him off my new video in June, and um, he hasn't reacted to it. So I think he told me too much, and I think he's maybe scared to tell me too much more. Well, who knows? Maybe he got caught. I don't know. Um, but he's obviously he says he can't tell me. So he's under scrutiny. He's under a lot of security clearances, as he says. He's got a few of them. So he works at uh, NASA. He works at JPL, and he works at. Uh, he's from the um, ESA, European Space Agency. So this
1: wow. is all 1st
3: you know his name? Yeah, I don't know if it's a real name. It could be an avatar name. Um, the only way I validated him, that he gave me his, um, you know, 20 minutes before CNN had information. And CNN had been on, they were on, you know, all day long, you know, monitoring this stupid satellite with this satellite, this uh, spacecraft that's going to land on the asteroid. And this guy's telling me 20 minutes in advance that CNN learns about it. So he's got to be legit. Unless he's the janitor at ESA, fuck, I don't know. But he's um, he's the real deal, and I'm pretty pretty certain about it. And he talks about stuff that really is scientific, and he, and he knows stuff that I know for a fact because I've been monitoring these things for the last five years. So you know, so it, it, he's a legit guy. I just wish I I could know more, but you know, we got to we know our governments know about this. Uh, or whoever is out there studying it, if it is NASA, is for sure they they, they they know what's going on, and they of know course. a lot of information. Of they know that there's satellites pole, you know orbiting the polar regions. That's why Vancouver well, is probably a hot spot.
2: We're right let me let me cut in real quick, uh, uh, yeah. Charles. Do you you know about Martin uh, Stubbs and the uh, the videos he captured? Yeah. Uh with the tether and all that stuff. I mean he captured not only the tether with all the you know, the UFOs flying in space, but he captured what he called a, a second phenomenon where it was these little tiny orbs in space itself, uh near the shuttle and these little like rays that would just pop in and out of existence. And he and he thought of these things as being intelligent, intelligently designed or intelligently driven. Do you think that this is very similar to that?
3: You know, it could be. It's hard to say. You know, um, you know, I'm getting it from this uh, engineer, airspace engineer, saying that they're in the atmosphere from 8 kilometers up. So that doesn't sound like that's in space. But they could be coming in from space and hanging out in the atmosphere.
2: Right, but they right. come
3: down yeah. to Earth. I've seen them uh, multicolored in the daytime, almost like a silver ball, and they're on a power line, and they're juicing up. It looks like they're juicing up because they're all freaking rainbow colors. And as soon as they uh, ascend from the, being on the power line, uh, it goes black. It's a black ball, and it just keeps on ascending, ascending, ascending until it's gone, and it just picks up speed so fast. That happened in 2013, and I didn't have a camera with me, and I'm I'm seeing this. And that was another brother of mine. I, we both saw that together. So now i got my family that will totally believe me. Yeah. See, so that's I what,
0: that's power lines are yeah. the thing, because that's what it was doing with our encounters. If you see the drawings and stuff like that on the MUFON report, it was going under or was going on the road where they tore off and they put the fiber optic cable in and you could visibly see it uh either sucking the power arcing the power or whatever from underneath the ground going by us so once again well, it's I, a, I, going by a power yeah, line yeah
3: i saw this thing from uh about five miles out uh, cypress mountain where there's a ski hill so they have all these huge big power lines that go up the mountain right to, to um, yeah. of course, the to the, um, the power up the the chair lifts and all that see. stuff. So these are big, big uh, transformers and those big, big round things, things. Well, this thing was sitting just on top of one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't see it sitting on it because it was so far away, but I know that that's where they were located. So, again, you know, it's an assumption that it was on the actual uh, transformer itself, but what else would it be on? And it was just so bright and multicolored. there was rainbow. Yeah. And it was yeah. perfectly round, and it was shining like rainbow and just colored. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it just takes off slowly. It ascends like a balloon. And all of a sudden, ooh, it speeds up, but it went completely black. It was a black ball now. No more color to it at all. And it just ascended, ascended, and it just really picked up speed. And I'm talking about I mean, hundreds of miles an hour, and it was gone. So right away, I knew for sure that was a UFO. And again, yeah. was it an orb? It was so far away. I don't know. It could have been a, a spacecraft. It could have been a uh, a big uh, cylindrical type. I don't know even what the size was, but it was big enough from seeing it from about five miles out and seeing a white uh, black ball that far out. So it must have been really big. It must have been big enough because I saw it with the naked eye. Maybe not five miles, maybe three miles. Mm-hmm. Trying to see how far it is from where we were. But my brother saw it too, and he believes me now. That was another brother, my, one of my oldest brothers. He is a big, big skeptic. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. three of my brothers have seen it with me from 2012 and 2013.
1: So, mm-hmm, you know, great. it's kind of
3: ironic, right? They hang out with me and all of a sudden they see something. My other yeah. brother were outside in my balcony at uh, sunset and this red light, uh, just a red ball of light coming over from, the, um, uh, coming from the east, coming over the condos going towards English Bay, which is going to the west and not very high up. It's usually on the um, same line where the planes come by. And I show my brother, I, go, I knew right away what it was. I go, bro, look, there's a, there's a UFO. And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, it's a helicopter. I go, no, 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 just watch. And it was bright, bright red. And all of a sudden, it turns an amber orange. It wasn't, trust me, it wasn't a Chinese lantern, right? Because it was, you know, I, I know how they look like, right? And um, it was, wasn't was completely dark out yet. So I'm getting my equipment out to get ready to film this. And uh, he's looking, I go, not nah, the helicopter. I go, no, no, it's not. Just watch. And all of a sudden, it went burnt orange. All of a sudden, boop, it blinked out. So right away I had my night vision gear set up and I pointed to that whole direction. There was nothing there completely gone, completely disappeared. So if it was a plane, if it was a Chinese lantern, if it was anything else, it would have shown up on night vision. So Charles, then my brother goes, yeah, wow, well, yeah, I'm, Charles, I'm, I'm we, yes,
1: we yeah, got to wrap up here. Um, <laughs>
3: okay. Sorry. Yeah, I'm babbling no, away.
1: No, 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 you're excited. And it's an exciting topic. And like I said, you're a doer, you're doing it. Um, I want it. I have a hundred other questions for you. I really do. And that's always a great sign. So I'd love to have, have you back, uh, in the near future, especially when you might have a, uh, U.S. premiere.
3: Well, you know what? Um, if you guys have any ideas of, uh, any distributors out there that want, uh, networks that want to pick it up, uh, we're going to be finishing the, um, um, the trans, well, that's translation. It's basically my narration in English, uh, to make it, uh, ready for the English, um, network. Uh, globally, in English. So that's, that's really important to us because it's, it's a huge market, right? It's all over the world. And it is a video. It is a one hour. It is going to teach new people how to observe these and what to look for, what kind of equipment to use. You can get some, um, little excerpts or what we call web extras, um, on my website, uh, static8films.com. And that's basically my little calling card website, which eventually I'm going to be putting videos of education, um, how to skywatch? What kind of equipment? It's yet to come. I just um, launched it not even a month ago. Um, well, that's a good idea. Go to-
1: I love that idea. Um, yeah. let so- me ask. Well, let, let me first answer your question. I do have somebody I can connect you with. I'm happy to make an entree. I think that he would be extremely interested in this. And awesome. Uh, if you want, uh, either go. I'll, I'll get your information from Chris or vice or or we'll hook up. And I'm happy. Yeah. On to Facebook. Yeah. too. And, and the rest, uh, I'm always happy to do that, especially for something that I'm excited about. So, uh, we're, But we are out of time. Uh, we're going to have to have you back, and I hope you join some of the other shows on this network. They're a good bunch of guys, and uh, they, they all will be very excited to talk with you.
3: Yeah, yeah. no, I, I really thank uh, Chris for uh, introducing me to uh, PSN because, um, um, again, I'm a, like you said. I'm a doer. I don't do a lot of um, uh, research anymore online. I just go out there and get the evidence as much as I can. Uh, there's a lot of people already out there. Like you guys are doing a great job bringing this communication to the people, you know. And uh, all the UFO conference, you know, um, speakers they do tons of research. So I don't need to be that person. I need to be the doer. And you mentioned that, and I'm glad you did because that's that's what I am. I'm the sky watcher
1: yeah it's your role and 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 obviously uh I don't know we don't know what to believe in in this world. I think we all agree with that sometimes and eleven eleven is uh approaching uh in a uh thirteen, <laughs> 13, min- 13 minutes
3: no, <laughs> so, I'll tell ya. that phenomenon is gone man it's been five years since that that coincidence has just stopped since i started sky watching
1: i don't think it was a coincidence i really think that you've proved to me tonight and so uh somebody whether it was angel or chris sent me a link and then i was looking at what eleven eleven, uh some of the stuff that came up and it's yeah thank you and it started really giving me goosebumps a little bit so uh, you know, you didn't know about this stuff, so it really you come ac- across as incredibly credible. So, and that always helps our our little subject here. Uh,
2: yeah, you don't uh, sound Daniel. like a kook
1: uh, at th- all. Th- thank you, Angel. Yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. Cut, cut right to the chase.
0: Yeah, with man. that,
1: I'm going to say goodnight to everyone. I'm going to thank our guest tonight, Charles Lemieux, and <laughs> I'm going to thank uh, 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 everyone who's listening and putting up with our banter and enjoying it because uh, Monday is sometimes a tough day for everyone during the long work week this is Jesse Randolph and if you didn't get excited about this topic yesterday this was like a nice little breath of fresh air guys don't you think
0: yes Definitely. Yeah, really. Yep, it,
1: yep. It's, it's something that I think I really needed so I, I thank you for that Charles
3: um, oh thank you I appreciate it
1: yeah I really do and you are a doer and we salute you for that and you have a home here with that, this is Jesse Randolph signing off for You for Not Radio on a Monday, power Pack night, PSN Radio Network. Thanks to all, Angel, Chris. We'll see everyone next Monday night.